I can hear you. You yeah. can hear me? Yes. I can hear you. Because I'm here. Good. This is a good start. This is a good start. We should keep this okay. for the start of the podcast. Okay. okay. All right. What do an online retailer, a global banking behemoth, and a multinational holding company have in common? Healthcare. We'll talk about the implications of a Bezos, Diamond, Buffett, Superband coming up. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Justin Jurek, Vice President of User Experience at Mignani. And with me each and every podcast is Justin Dobb, my boss, President of Mignani, and just an all-around swell guy. Every episode, we'll talk about business strategy, user experience, disruption, and innovation. Justin, how's it going? It's going well. Thank you, other Justin. Excellent. Two Justins, one podcast. Um, so any stuff you want to chit-chat about before we get into the primary topic, which is all this healthcare stuff? Well, the, uh, the uh, Winter Olympics are uh, starting today, the yeah. opening ceremonies, and uh, everyone should be happy to know that the gentleman from Tonga, the well-oiled gentleman from Tonga... He's back? Yes, is back yes. shirtless in freezing cold. Excellent. That's excellent. He's got his own brand now. Yes, He's a, that guy He from is Tonga. a user experience. He's pretty much Tonga in a lot of people's minds. I, I don't know that I know anything else about Tonga. Well, the seven other people in Tonga are really proud. Yeah, that's great. That's that great. was kind of an American. That was very Amerocentric. <laughs> Dis, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Dis- disinterested. I can't say it. Disinterested. Dismissive. Dismissive. Much easier to say. That's way easier. So yeah, let's let's yeah kind of get in the primary topic here. Um, a couple weeks ago, just some random Monday, there's this huge news, right? That um, that. Jeff Bezos, uh, Jamie Dimon, and Warren Buffett have been talking about joining up forces to create a healthcare delivery network for their own employees, basically their own micro economy of healthcare. Um, and it's kind of a wild, a wild thing, right? They've got 840,000 employees, roughly globally. Uh, I don't know what the footprint actually is in the U.S., um, but it seemed like a topic kind of ripe for discussion. What was your kind of first blush take on that when you saw that kind of hit the newswire? My first blush was, here are three men who have no idea what they're stepping into. The smartest guys (laughs) in the room, for sure. But, you know, like, uh, we've seen this over and over. The problem with healthcare is it's not a standard business. You don't have a... There's an unlimited demand and a limited supply. And uh, that unlimited demand is going to affect how every one of their employees feels about them as a company. Right now, they can point to Blue Cross or Blue Shield. They can point to the government. They can point to anyone else and say, hey, that's just the coverage the way it is. Sorry. Now, they're responsible. And um, one of the rationales that they used was that health care is being over-delivered on right now. That's why it's expensive. (laughs) Right. So... (laughs) Yeah, that's a rough starting spot. Yeah. That's a that's a tough place to start from. Too much care uh, is yeah, being given. You're getting too too much g- fixing of the, your diseases? That no, doesn't that, that seems weird. Yeah, they weren't they weren't so uh, brash as to say people are asking for too much. Yeah. Uh, but they were <laughs> brash enough to say you're giving away too much to yeah. as a provider. Yeah, it's it's really fascinating, you know, just talking uh, peripherally with some of the other people you know, in my life that are involved in healthcare, my mom has worked in, uh, you know, healthcare delivery for years. And I've got, I, I think we all know at least one nurse, if not five. Um, but 
uh, it was interesting to kind of get their perspective. And they were they were similarly um, all of them. They were all kind of uh, in the same. Yeah. Like the same thing that you were saying where they were like, well, that. okay, Do they know how to do that? (laughs) Was like the, the general like gist. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is when the first thing I kind of thought was, well, healthcare in some ways has kind of been asking for it, you know, for like some sort of mass disruption. It, it's going to be a huge challenge for them to kind of execute on delivering quality of care and a level of service, you know, again, in a vertical that they are kind of largely disassociated from. I don't know. Berkshire Hathaway probably has the most experience, at least in some of their holdings. Well, um, yeah, but they don't, you know. They don't really but run they don't, most of those They companies. don't run it. That's the point. Yeah. But it, but I what I thought was interesting was like when you look at the strengths of the different partners, they kind of bring different aspects of business, you know, to what could be an interesting kind of disruption in the marketplace, right? Chase has all this experience working in a heavily regulated banking environment. So um, there's probably some equivalents there with the healthcare space, even though it's, it's an entirely different set of regulations. They're also, I think... You know, of the major bankers, their overall user experience online is really high level. Um, the integration of their app with their online platform is really, really good. Um, and so I, I, it's interesting, you know, that you, they've got that kind of user experience side of things. They've also got the retail component um, that they can bring to it, you know, having actual faces and call centers and stuff like that, where Amazon is like... A totally different ballgame. Yeah, you know? terrible user experience. Terrible. Although, although well, I, I, you know, as a as a massive uh, Prime user, ardent supporter, um, and a, a, so I'll disclose a, a, an Amazon stockholder. <laughs> um, they really don't care about the user experience no. in any kind of human way. I mean, you know, you might get what you want, but you you like what you get and like how quickly you get it but the the journey itself is pretty horrible yeah um and you know healthcare the journey's kind of more important now granted outcomes are the most important right but we'll see i mean i you know i can't imagine they're going to be real touchy feely yeah you know it's that it's interesting because i think particularly when you think about the experiences you have with your healthcare provider in general you know like the online portals and stuff like that are usually they're a little behind they're running a little behind the curve some of those technology benefits that maybe an amazon could bring from kind of like associated content and some of like the ai stuff gets really interesting but i think there's also a very <laughs> amazon is like bottom line right like their philosophy is like squeeze every dime yeah. out of it, you know. Well, um, I think what they can do potentially is bring to the table is uh, standardization of EMRs, right, electronic yeah, medical yeah. records, and um, yeah, figuring out how to handle uh, the provisioning of those things and the you know delivery and kind of fungibility of those records between um, different providers and insurers yeah. and corporations and whomever needs access to those records because they that's the kind of scale that they have right so if they're hosting everyone's medical records <laughs> in the world on Amazon web services you know and handling the security I'm you know more apt to let them handle that kind of security than you know than even chase yeah yeah that EMR nut has been tough for anyone to crack really you know that it's still it's better you know, I, just speaking from my own personal experience, you know, I, I see some transferability between, you know, a doctor's visit here and a specialist visit here, but it's still really, you know, it's tough. There's no one unifying source. And if they could be that, whoa, they have a huge leg up, you know, in that format war. 
of what that final kind of um, EMR format looks like. Yeah, so. I think, you know, if you're going to pick an end game, that's probably a good one for them. Yeah. Um, I was also th- thinking prescription drug stuff, too. Yeah, delivery. Delivery, uh, preemptively kind of recognizing that you're due, you know, for your prescription. Um, get that delivered kind of in your next order or whatever. That could be really uh, kind of a really interesting mechanism, which I'm sure is why, you know, CVS and Walgreens took a collective gasp on <laughs> on that Monday yep, as well. Yep. Even if Amazon just, and they've been hinting about getting into that prescription drug space for a little while, even if that was all they did, I'm sure that would be a huge game changer for how people interact with their prescription drugs. Oh, well, that's why all of the, you know, CVSs and Walgreens of the world are getting into the minute clinics, right? Yep. And giving kind of a more personalized medical kind of experience versus mm-hmm. just a uh, pick up your prescription and some, you know, orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> Did you, have you seen, uh, I can't remember the, the name of the company now because it just it popped in my head. It's a, it's a, it's television advertisements right now and they're for prescription drug packets so you tell them basically, here's the, my prescriptions, here's the cadences that they should oh, all yeah. go on, and then they're like individual servings throughout the day. And are they so like stamped? Mo- they're all stamped. They're all t- time and date stamped. So it's a, it's a kind of a modern version of those little you know trays with all the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday you know yeah, breakfast, ex- lunch, and dinner openings. On. Totally, except it comes like ready for the month. As long as you open the right pack on the right day, at the right time, you're you know, accurately dosing yourself as opposed to remember to bring them with you. Yeah, that's, well, you know, there's that part too. But that's pretty much any, any of the prescription drugs. So it was really interesting to see the kind of the market shock, you know, at this announcement. And I wanted to get, you know, your two cents on the disruptive aspect of this and what you think that, what might be the implications of kind of these big power players from outside the industry putting pressure on the standard uh, healthcare providers to change, right? Change some of the ways that they do things. Yeah, well, I think ultimately, right, any new player, especially one with, you know, technology chops is going to help raise the bar for everybody mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe ultimately weed out some of the, the low performers. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they can really produce kind of an end-to-end standard and, you know, of care delivery. And, yeah. Um, you know, I have my doubts. I think they're going to do uh, a lot of interesting things that will be either adopted by other parties and delivered on kind of by people who are probably more qualified. But ultimately, the problem, the supply and demand problem really, I mean, this is where I'm going to show my my feathers a little bit here, but um, <laughs> outside of a, you know, government-run single-payer system, it's really tough to, to make the economics work, right? The yeah, government doesn't yeah, yeah. really make the economics work. They just provide the care. Right. Now everyone's like, you're going to bankrupt the world. It hasn't really bankrupted, you know, Northern Europe. So. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is uh, totally true that unless there is some, some major kind of external influence, you know, that that market is, you're, you're right, that, you know, there's an infinite amount of demand. It's totally flip-flopped yeah. of every other economic principle, which is why, uh, it's, it's so tough to make those, you know, any of these, any of the laws that get passed or any of these programs, you know, the basic assumption is that, well, we can treat it just like we would any other kind of capitalist enterprise, but it's such a different yeah. thing, right? There's, there's, 
You don't There's have... always going to be more sick people, you know, there, there, and there will always be fewer doctors than there are sick people. Yeah, and when the opportunity cost of getting the care is death. Yeah. <laughs> it changes the equation a little bit. It's a definite, that's a pretty substantial opportunity cost, the, the death. That's a, that's the a, death. That's a, that's a down note. All right. So we'll see what happens on that one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's, it is, it'll be an interesting show to watch. I, I'll be curious to see even how much we hear about or get exposed to in the months or years to come on that. You know, they might be kicking at the tires and just decide to bail. Um, or so, simply like threatening everyone. So everyone else delivers them. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it's a negotiating, money. it's a negotiating tactic for yeah. those companies. Yeah. For Blue Cross to, for them to, yeah. you know, Blue, Blue Cross, uh, you know, or if you give us a really good rate, nothing's going to happen to you. Nice. Uh, healthcare company. It'd be a real shame. <laughs> a real, real shame. Chicago Something would happen. That's right. That's right. Speaking of which, it's snowing a lot. So dibs. Did you see uh, anything about the, uh, there's an exhibit uh, that I think Havas is doing up right now where they had all these people like artists do dibs chairs. Oh, um, no. we're, we're showing our Chicago here for those oh. of you that are listening outside of Chicago. When it snows, uh, it is kind of an unspoken yet I think a legal thing to do, which is you, once you clear your, your parking spot, you put a chair there and that's yours it sounds totally archaic when i actually say it out loud it's ridiculous it is ridiculous it it was really it started on the south side i didn't even see it ever until about hmm, 18 years ago probably 19 years ago we had a huge snowstorm and i came back i was out of town actually got snowed in up in kohler wisconsin which yeah. was if you're gonna get snowed in it's a nice place to get yeah snowed there, in. there are worse places but i was living nice up, faucets <laughs> yeah, exactly nice. i was living up in lakeview and we finally were able to, to get home and in front of my uh, apartment was the chairs, right? <laughs> it's I'm, so ridiculous. I had no idea what that meant. And I, in the South Side, people are like, "Oh yeah, you put out the chairs, you keep the spot. It's you know, it's what you do." Yeah. Um, I thought it was the, like one of the worst things I'd ever seen, and I still think it's kind of bourgeois. Yeah. But, yeah. But it's, whatever. Yeah. That, even to say bourgeois is bourgeois. Yeah, so. It is. It is. You just bourgeoised yourself. I did. Yeah. Okay, we're done with that. Yeah, that's uh, cue the music. Boom, boom, boom.